Cyber Shadow. While everybody else was playing cyberpunk and complaining about it, Jake and I had moved on. <laughs> so moved on. Yes, we were we were basically done with that. It was all about the cyber knees. And then this is where we put the opener. I will save you this time. Yeah, thank you, because press me to cancel. Where the mouth noise joke is so old, it can vote. <laughs> I just, mouth noise is there. Polish can put that this time instead. All right, so uh, today it is myself, Werewolf, and Sick Jake. Say hello. Hey, everybody. As I said before, we are talking about Cyber Shadow this week. If you're unfamiliar with it, it is a side-scrolling action platformer, very much in the 8-bit style. Just came out in January of 2021, but it, it really harkens back to, an, to the NES era in more ways than just the looks. It was created by basically one guy, right? I believe so. I think it was. I think all the software development was done by Ame Hunziker. I'm. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's two A's M E. Yeah, I think it was Mika Skull <laughs> is his handle. He used to be a ROM hacker from when I was reading up on him. Although I couldn't find any of his hacks. Oh neat. So I'm wondering what he's done in the past. But he has a company, Metalhead Studios. But it's only basically the one guy, and then they had he hired somebody to do the music. Yeah. So like all the software development was one guy, and then the music was one other guy. It's pretty impressive. Well, I was reading it. It's really great because I guess he was posting on Twitter about his development of the game, one big unique game. He's been coding it for a while, and it caught the eye of Yacht Club Games, who does Shovel Knight. So they're the publishers of this of this series. They talked him into signing on board for them to publish it, and you know they. I mean, he made the game, but they helped with publishing advertising and i think they did i read they did a little bit of feedback or help with the, some of the level design tweaks hmm. it was kind of surprising I, I apparently the development was pretty public since it was first shown at pax east 2019 and then it was weird that it dropped on game pass on release day or if not release day very close to but i think it was release day well it's funny because uh, i was watching the the video game awards I think it would have been last year, I think it was. And there was an ad for the game, right? So for a game that was advertised at the Game Awards, and it was released, not free, but bundled in with Game Pass, it's kind of crazy. Well, funny thing is, the first time I heard about this was, I think, the Nindies Nintendo Direct earlier this year, or late last year. Okay. Oh, maybe that's where I saw it then. You're right. I think that's what it was. And yeah. I saw Cyber Shadow, and I was like, that was one of the three things that looked cool to me. And I had not heard of it before that. And then it went and dropped <laughs> toward the end of January. And I was like, oh, cool. It dropped just before I finished Cyberpunk. And so when I moved on to Cyber Shadow, it, you know, that was a meme on the channel for a few days was, oh, we're doing cyber games now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting because like 10, 12 bucks for Game Pass or and play it or you can buy it i guess on steam or, or the switch for i think it's 25 up here 
it's almost like a no-brainer if you have Game Pass to check this game out. And if you don't have Game Pass, to sign for a trial and include this, right? Because, um, I mean, we'll get to it a little bit later. Like, I like the game. I don't know if there's much replay value, so I don't think I'd want to buy it outright. But as part of Game Pass, huge value, and it's fun to play. Oh, yeah. It was. It definitely made Game Pass a little more worth it. And to be fair, Game Pass is already pretty worth it. Yeah. And I know we're gushing about Game Pass here, but <laughs> you have to figure, like, they cycle in a lot of relatively new games for, what, the 5 10 bucks a month that it is. And this was one of them the day it released. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's awesome because um, all of the set of stuff coming forward is going to be on Game Pass. Microsoft has said everything they release will be on Game Pass. So anyway, it's not the Game Pass episode, but Game Pass, pretty damn good deal. No, it's not. Yeah. This is the Cyber Shadow episode. But now, now that we've got that not sponsored gushing out of the way, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some more Cyber Shadow. I started this game just on a whim, and what drew me to it was kind of the similarities I saw with The Messenger. Daddy. And, oh, hold on. What's up, buddy? Yes. What? Tell me quick. I'm recording. I made a coffee look of Cheetos cups. Oh. Okay. This episode Ooh, of Press Me to Cancel is brought to you by our unknown sponsor, Cheetos. <laughs> Makers of Cyber Cheese Cheetos. They're ninja-tastic. Okay, okay, shh, recording. <laughs> so where was I? <laughs> oh, yes. I was drawn to this because it looked like the messenger. Yes, exactly. You know, up front, it does. It, it's got a lot of similarities. It looks like the messenger. It looks like Ninja Gaiden. So if you're into that sort of gameplay, you will like this. It is not as janky as Ninja Gaiden. I would say the platforming and pace of gameplay is not as smooth as the messenger it falls somewhere in the middle but the game is still a lot of fun once you nail down the mechanics and start playing fluidly it is it does feel very satisfying the way the messenger did yeah i think that's the thing because when i only played the messenger recently and we we did an episode about that uh you know that game came out a while ago but new to us and when i was playing through that one I kept saying to myself, I really wish Ninja Gaiden controlled like this because it's it's a lot. <laughs> I find it better than Ninja Gaiden's controls. So then I saw online a few people, including yourself, streaming Cyber Shadow, and I kept asking, does this control like the Messenger? And a lot of people are like, the controls are tight. It's not it's not a it's not the same range of moves, at least in the beginning, as the Messenger, right? There's no cloud step right in the beginning like the Messenger has. If I'm not wrong, yeah. And it's a lot slower pace and. It was very mixed. The people I watched play, half liked it, half were like, eh. So I, and I saw that it was on Game Pass, and then I'm like, well, you know what? It's, I'm already paying for it anyway, so I got to try it. And I'm glad, I'm glad I did. But it controls closer to Ninja Gaiden than the Messenger ever did. True. I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. You do unlock, as you said, a, a broader range of moves as you progress through the game. I think you've unlocked everything by three quarters of the way through. Yeah, because you start with nothing. Like, when you pick up and start moving, you can't duck, which, again, it's the future. Apparently, they don't have knees on these cyborg ninjas. <laughs> but there's no double jump, no wall climb, none of that in the beginning of the game. And it, I didn't like that. It, it felt a little bit, I don't know, awkward, 
like not even a crouch because it, it does look just like Ninja Gaiden in terms of like the feel of it. And the ability that something about not being a duck felt really off to me at the start. But once you get rolling and you start unlocking the moves, it gets it gets a lot better, a lot quicker. Yeah, I, I keep wanting to liken it to various NES games, but I think in all those NES games, you can duck. I'm I'm pretty sure <laughs> Ninja Gaiden, you could duck. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure in Batman, you could duck. Castlevania, you could duck. Mega Man was the only one that you couldn't duck, but he could shoot. He wasn't stuck with melee, so... And like there's situations in in Cyber Shadow where some flying enemies, it it would have been nice to be able to just duck instead of having to jump over an enemy and then hit it from behind. Is there is an interesting design choice? I wonder what the reason behind it was. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it would seem like maybe simplicity of gameplay, simplicity of mechanics, something like that. That's all I can figure. I was thinking maybe because I know later on you unlock um, what do you call it? like a phase forward move like a dash type move and it feels like the, the last half of the game or last quarter of the game you have that move you're kind of forced to use that run and and flash move a lot so maybe taking the ducking makes that move easier to do or more focused on that kind of flying gameplay yeah maybe it's funny because you you mentioned that i actually had a moment in that where i was like i was so annoyed that i kept accidentally double tapping forward and dashing when i didn't want to that's an issue I have in any game is like sometimes I go to move and then I stop for a second and I move again and then dash instead of just moving again. And it's frustrating. Yeah. I think I turned it off in Mega Man X, stuff like that. It's, it's always something I turn off and assign to another button. And I was so annoyed. I was like, why can't I assign this to another button? This is so frustrating and turn it off with a double tap forward. And I looked in the, and then I went and looked at the options and sure enough, yeah. you can turn off the double tap forward <laughs> and you can assign it to just a button and from that point forward, I was like, ah, oh, I love the dash now. Well, it's crazy because <laughs> one of the other moves you can do in the game is you can, it, they call it a parry, which is basically freezing a projectile, and then you can smack it back at the enemy. But you do that by tapping toward the projectile at just the right moment. And if you have yes. double tap dash on, forget it. Like, you're, you're dashing. <laughs> that was an issue I kept running into as well, is I'd, I'd screw myself on those. And then... You and I had a joke going while I was playing through it about the cyber knees with the double jump because they make oh, yeah. you wait a long time in this game before you get your double jump. So long, especially I know it's not the messenger, but for most platformers, you have the ability to kind of extend your jump and it feels like it's too long before you get that option in this game. Like when you every power up is like, OK, cross my fingers, please. Cyber knees, cyber knees. What's that? Wall climb. Fuck. <laughs> close but it's not cyber needs i want to say that the game was paced really well and every new mechanic was phased in in a way that it made it necessary right away but in a way that it taught you to use that new mechanic right away too right and i thought that was that was some pretty tight design in that regard and i think that that pretty much sums up my my feeling about the entire game is the design the level design is extremely precise and was designed very carefully and that applies to the moves you get as you unlock them but also the power-ups right so much like ninja gaiden you can hit you know lanterns to get items and stuff but and this is not really items that often it's usually currency and health but there's checkpoints and the checkpoints give you these power-ups but the power-ups they give you the one power-up they give you 
is very dependent on the screen or the section you're in, and you can tell they designed the power-up to help you through a, a section, right? Mm. Like if there's a section that has a lot of bullets flying on the screen, odds are the checkpoint before it has an E-shield. Yeah, the E-field. Or like if it's a boss where they, they expect you to use a lot of your moves that suck up your mana or your ninja mana, uh, then they give you a power-up that gives you the, the regeneration, right? The Pez Dispenser. So it's it's very tightly designed. And that's why when I first saw gameplay of it and I got to, I got to play it, initially I thought it was created by Yacht Club and Shovel Knight because Shovel Knight has a lot of that where Shovel Knight feels very precisely designed in certain sections. But this is more so. Like when I finished a game and I went back to look at it, it really feels like every screen was crafted very carefully. Yeah, definitely. Even then there were cert- sometimes the secrets were stuff that you could find early on if you went looking, but you could easily miss some of them, and then you'd have to go back and find them. Right. An example of this, and it's an early one, so I don't feel bad giving it away, is there's the big hallway with the laser cannon. Oh, yes. The, just charging up laser <laughs> that flies across the screen and obliterates yes. you if you're in the way. Now, this is a room that definitely makes use of the mechanics at the time. And I think this is level late level one, early level two, somewhere in there. Yeah. You really have to time your jumps and platforming to stay out of the way of this laser. Because if you touch it even a little bit, instant death. That said, also any of the enemies that touch it, instant death. <laughs> so it's it's it's... It's not it's not prejudiced at all. It it'll kill everything, period. And at the end of that hallway, the first hallway you see that in, you can see it's put a hole in the wall at the end. Now, I didn't think that would be anything, so I went through the door. I was like, just let me the hell out of this room. Later I went back after I had done pretty much everything in the game and I was just trying to find the secrets before taking on the final level. Sure enough, you jump through that hole and go into it. And there's another secret room that takes you to a th- secret path to get more goodies. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I didn't even notice that at all. Not only that, but you can actually, if you go through that uh, that door and then go through the other room, come out the other door on the other side where the laser's shooting again, right. you can go left through that hole into that same room that takes you to the alternate path. Huh. So it's <laughs> they, it's not closed off by any means. It's just so scary you don't think to check there. That's that's wild. And you know, you you're not forced to find all that stuff, but usually it makes it worth your while because that's where your your mana upgrades are and your life upgrades. You have to get three upgrade crystals to unlock an extra uh health bar, right? Yeah. So you, you find three of those you find individual crystals hidden around for the health upgrades, three per pip. Uh, otherwise, from every boss, they drop one, automatically gives you a pip in upgrades and, uh, of health upgrade because it, you can see the little icon has three of those crystals already. Right. It's wild, too, because some of those rooms are, they get tricky. There, there's one in particular that I think you 100% the game. I, I know I didn't. There's one where you go through a wall and it's like a, spikes line the walls, but there's gaps and you're on an elevator going up. I think it is. You have to like jump from gap to gap. And at first it's okay, but then they start throwing in these flying enemies that spawn that swoop down and it becomes hard to mm. dodge them as you're jumping from wall to wall. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Yeah, that was I had a lot of fun with this game. I do know it's it's challenging platforming. Probably 
more heavy on the platforming challenge than yeah i guess hollow knight which is a that's a comparison i made before with the messenger hollow knight is very combat oriented this is combat oriented but it's still heavier on the platforming and i enjoy that that's for me period i'm i'm not a dark souls guy don't give me a souls like i'm not i'm not gonna have a good time i'm i'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> well i cried with this game because it, it is incredibly difficult it's for me it's like ninja gaiden meets super meat boy right because you die a ton but I, there are checkpoints and that's I'm not going to call it forgiving because <laughs> the game is not forgiving. No. The checkpoints are spaced every few screens apart. And it does feel like each set of screens is a, like, again, handcrafted challenge, right? And then when you beat that, you get the next checkpoint. But each feels very separate on its own as part of a larger map. Um, so the checkpoints are in very key areas and it lines up. And it's not, there's very few spots. There are a few later on. But for the most part, when you die and when you respawn checkpoint, you've already mastered the first part of it and it's like the second twist at the end of that section and then you're done. So it's not so bad. Yeah, it's... I, I do like how deliberate the design is in this game. You know, every time you hit a checkpoint in a level, it takes what you've learned in the previous area and ups the ante and throws something new at you at the same time. Right. It's, it's fun. It can be frustrating. Uh, I had a few spots where I probably died a good 20, 30 times. Oh, yeah, for sure. Me too. Before passing that section. Uh, most of them were probably under six deaths per section, but there were a few that were a lot more brutal than that and took up a lot more time. Were the hardest rooms for you, I guess, near the beginning, or did you did you find an easier time after you get all the power-ups? No, the hardest rooms for me were probably, I want to say, a few sections and a few stretches in level nine maybe one stretch in level 10 and there's i think there's i think the last level is 11 i think level 11 gave me a lot of issues i think for me once you you have this one boss encounter which we should talk about soon too um but after you beat the the dragon boss you unlock basically full power-ups right you're the uber ninja right you have all everything's been increased your damage your 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 speed all that stuff oh yes all your upgrades get an additional upgrade to them yeah. when you do that so i think it's the end of stage i think it's stage six i think it's further than that wasn't it post the i don't want to spoil the what the break in gameplay is but there's one level where it dramatically changes the gameplay for the player okay and it's a nice break from the rest of it and it's fun <laughs> i thought it came just after that but it might have just come it might have come just before that yeah, I thought it was before because I, what I remember is I just got all those powers and I'm like, all right, games, game starts now on the Uber Ninja. I got my knees and the screen after I could, could not beat it. I spent a good hour on it and just something about how it, it, the one part I remember. OK, there are these enemies that fly around and they chuck grenades and there's a section where there's a wall and then you had to go under the wall and there's like this stack of boxes and on the top of the boxes was one of those assholes that throws grenades while on the ground behind the stack of boxes was a soldier who also throws grenades and you have to <laughs> jump up the box to get across and i kept losing half my health just getting past these two grenade throwers and then the rest of it was very hard for me it was it was i almost quit i almost gave the game up i wanted to say i'm done with this but then i, I picked it up a week later and i finished it but that one section in, in stage six was 
punishing for me. I want to say the segment that gave me the most issue was the final passage on the way to the last boss where you're in that big giant room. It's like three screens yeah. wide and I don't know, eight, seven or eight screens tall, something like that. And it might've been taller than that. I don't know, but you're just, you have to like jump and hit enemies to jump again and hit enemies to jump again and so forth to get to the next platform. And then you're, cross on moving platforms to get to the other side do the jump trick again the jump attack trick again on the other side swing back to the other side without falling and i would lose so much health in that room either die at the tail end or i'd fall over and over and over yeah to where i would die like near the beginning because i just wasn't getting anywhere the first time i got near the top of that room and i thought finally i'm almost there and i got hit by like a a flamethrower or a jet engine type placement. Yep. And it knocked me all the way back down to the bottom again. Oh no, it killed me. The first time I saw that, it killed me. It's brutal. <laughs> I know on the bottom of that, that room on the left side, there was a power up. I can't remember what it did, but I remember ha- I had to use that to get to the, get through that room. It was another case of where the power up was in the room. And that's what kind of gave you that crunch to get through the rest of the screen. Was it a, was it a swag blade? It m- might've been. Cause when you have that, you're just killing everything around you. Yeah, I want to say it was a swag blade. And to those of you who don't know what that is, basically it's a little ninja star that flies around your character. Liken it to maybe Rygar's shield, just constantly in motion. Or the swag star ninja guide. <laughs> yeah, or just a little boomerang that flies around your character, basically, and hits everything. Yeah. And you can smack it and send it forward and give it... Proje- uh, you can alter its trajectory and stuff by smacking it or jumping in certain ways and give it different momentum. Wait, by hitting it, it makes it move more? You can hit it, and it'll shoot it straight out in front of you. I didn't know that. See, I thought the way the controller was, the momentum by jumping over it, right? Like a ninja guide, and you just jump over it, and it, and it swings around. Yeah, you can do that, but you can also directly smack it, and it'll fly forward in front of you, and then pull <laughs> back and start changing it, just shooting back and forth in front of you if you don't change <laughs> height. All right, that's good to know. So was, <laughs> The power-ups in this game... Some of them seem lame compared to others, but they're all pretty well thought out. Well, like the the SP dispenser, right? The Pez dispenser. It just drops basically mana for your character. When I first saw that, I'm like, really? You're going to make me unlock this? Because that's the thing, right? Every checkpoint has one power-up option and like one health and one mana regain. And you got to unlock each of them, I guess, right? So there's there were two power-ups that give SP, but they do it in different ways. One of them was... Was it killing enemies that caused it or maybe smacking projectile or it would shoot projectiles and turn them into SP? It was something like that. There's a blaster thing. I didn't think it gave energy though. I just I just knew it blasted enemies at range. No, there's there's one that causes SP to drop more frequently and then there's one that just gives you a tick of SP huh, every now okay. and then. Like it just on a timer. So it drip feeds the SP straight into your bar. And that's the one they give you for the final boss. Yeah, which is kind of (laughs) lame. This is your final power-up. I disagree. It helped me kick his ass. Well, it helps you do the moves, I guess, more. But (laughs) like, it's funny because one of the first power-ups you get, I think it's the first one, is it extends your blade so it hits further. And I was expecting that to be like a common power-up, something like Castlevania where you get the chain whip. You know, almost every time you die, you get a chain whip. Uh-uh, not in, not in Cyber Shadow. I, I think I got that upgrade 
four times in the entire game. I, I almost feel like it was never around. Some of them I wanted more than they gave you. I definitely wanted the E-Field more often. I definitely wanted the Blade Extend more often. But as I progressed through the game and they started just giving me a specific one at those dispensers instead of what I wanted, I was like, all right, I guess this is going to be important for now. So even though I want something else, this is going to be the more useful thing. So I just kind of rolled with what they gave me at that point. Oh, you're right, because you know that's what they're going to put in the level in front of you, and that's why it's there. Yeah, and there is the odd odd time where, you know, you get to an area with a different power-up, and sometimes that power-up will suit you if you can survive that area with that power-up. Right. But other times, you know, you just kind of need what they give you, and it can be disappointing because there were a few points where you can find a secret power-up aside from what's dispensed, and you want to use that secret power up, but it's not as effective as the one that they just give you. So it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. But I think I saved a little bit of money in a couple of spots by using the secret one I found instead of unlocking the the dispenser for that particular checkpoint. Well, I laugh because when I watched you stream it, I remember pointing this out because you get all these crystals from enemies, but you were always broke. So I'm like, you're cyber broke. Oh, yeah. And then when I went to play it, I had so much in the beginning. I had a couple hundred, 300, 400. And then after stage three or so, I was broke. <laughs> I, was, I was unlocking the power-ups <laughs> at every checkpoint that I got stuck on. Yeah. And to the game's credit, I mean, that's one of the things that it does to make the game easier on you over time. Yeah. Is you'll do a segment over and over and over failing but you keep the currency you earn. So if you couldn't unlock what you like, if you couldn't unlock the dispenser or the SP refill or the HP refill at that checkpoint, over time you'll be able to unlock one or all of those if you're having a rough enough time and make the segment easier for you. If that checkpoint has those available, because not all checkpoints have all three. Uh, is that true? I thought they always had the three. You just couldn't control what power it was. Some checkpoints only have one or two. Oh, okay. It's it's definitely most common that there's all three, but yeah, some checkpoints only have one or two, and shh, <laughs> and that can be a pain in the ass. Sorry, my phone was beeping like crazy just now. I'll just sit on that. We'll fix it in <laughs> post. <laughs> can we uh, talk about the story of this game? Oh, the story is... Weird? It's It's... It's weird... It's abstract the way NES stories would have been abstract for an original IP. And I feel like they don't give you enough details to really invest in some of the stuff that seems like you should care more. I don't quite understand it. I'm trying to figure out is that <laughs> maybe you can describe the opening, but my take on it was there's a bomb, your face melts, and you find out you're a robot. <laughs> That's my takeaway. I don't don't know what exactly happened there. (laughs) Far as I can tell, there are no more like living human people in this city that this takes place in. Right. And I I can't remember. Was it? I think they referred to them as egos. But I think that's you can kind of interchange that word with soul, given the mythos of this game. Any human souls that do still exist in this city are within the body of a machine. And so, yeah, it seems like your character was 
turned into an android right off the bat before you ever got to play, and he awakens already a robot. I don't really understand what happens there. Yeah, I, I don't want to spoil, like, you know, who the boss is and all that stuff is, but for the opening sequence, I understood none of it. <laughs> it was neat, no. <laughs> but it made no sense to me. I remember playing... This is Here's a weird little aside... I remember playing Fist of the North Star on the NES when I was a kid, and I had absolutely no idea what was happening. I was trying to understand the game. I was trying to enjoy the game. I didn't get it. As far as the story goes with that game when I was seven years old, that's kind of how I felt with this game (laughs) 30 years later. So. (laughs) Right, but at least Fist of the North Star, there's a manga, there's an anime, I think, or a movie. There's there's more story to be had to flesh out the details. There's nothing for Cyber Shadow. There won't be a Saturday yeah. morning cartoon to fill in details on this plot. This is true, but at the time that's all I knew of Fist of the North Star. Like right. it was years before I found out it was there was a whole extended like anime, manga, other games, whatever. One of the funnier thing is things is another tangent to the tangent. <laughs> uh, there's a game I love for the Master System called Black Belt, which apparently when brought to the West they scrubbed the IP out of it and made it an original. In Japan, it was a Fist of the North Star game. So oh, well, <laughs> that was a game I loved before I ever played the NES Fist of the North Star. <laughs> Go figure. All right, back to Cyber Shadow, though. The The story was definitely... it. I don't want to call it disjointed because it wasn't. It was. It told a very limited story that had a point I struggle to really understand exactly what the point was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're trying to rescue somebody. You're trying to rescue... We, we can probably say you're rescuing your sensei. That's the early plot. And, yeah. And there's a couple couple tiny cutscenes, but a lot, of the, a lot of the lore, the background, is through computer terminal emails, essentially, right? A computer terminal gives you a blurb of text. Yeah. Or the occasional boss, you know, tells you off. <laughs> Yeah, and can we just discuss that first boss? Yeah, I was... Okay, yeah, go ahead and explain what he does with you. Because I was just I was disappointed with that one. I got to this fight, and I was having a little trouble with it, because it's the beginning of the game, I'm still learning the mechanics. I found a way to cheese the fight, where I was hanging out behind the boss a lot, and just beating his ass from behind. And then at the end of the fight, he tells you you fight with no honor, you backstab, things like that. And I was like, Okay, so he just told me a set of dialogue based on how I fought him. That's interesting. I was I was into it at that point. And then later you went back and tried it, right? Yeah, and I and cuz I saw you play through it, I'm like, okay, so I'll try and do it the straight way. I'll I'll go normally and I stayed in front. I dodged all his projectiles, pain in the ass. <laughs> and I killed him, or you defeat him and the same same dialogue you got. And I did it the honorable way, and he still t- calls you out on it, and it's no different. I was disappointed, <laughs> like honestly. Yeah, once once I learned about that, that was a huge disappointment for me. I was I was so impressed with the fact that the game knew I cheesed it, but it didn't. It just assumes you do. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know what? Like it's not it's not that kind of game. I get it, but as it was the opportunity where they they could have put that in there, and that would have been really interesting, right, for future playthroughs. I mean, even if it was just literally, like, you cheese the fight for too many hits, he calls you out on it, 
You don't cheese the fight for too many hits. He doesn't call you out on it. Different set of dialogue. And yeah. that's the only difference in dialogue for the whole game. That still would have been pretty cool. Yeah, that would have been really awesome. Like, But I guess that, you know, that's like an indicator for how this game is really, it's, it's a one playthrough and you're done. There isn't much replay value, I find, except, yeah. you know, for the fun of it. Because there's no new game plus. There's no, and I was looking forward to this. There's no, okay, I beat the game, it loops around, and you get to use all your power-ups right from the beginning like The Messenger or some other games, and there's none of that here, unfortunately. What this game does have is a metric butt-ton of achievements. Yeah. Achievements that I looked at and and scoffed and closed the game. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are out there. Yeah, it's definitely, if you want to, I don't want to say challenge yourself, but have a game really challenge you, this game offers that if you're into achievement hunting. Not my cup of tea. I know people are into it. So that just let's get that out there. <laughs> There's a pile of achievements that some of them are really that well, I don't I, I can't claim how hard they are, but they looked hard as balls to me and I wasn't willing to try. I think I saw a few damageless ones or something ridiculous like that. Oh. Going back to the boss's health drops, you can actually opt not to collect those. And oh really? I I think what? that might have been one of the achievements. Well, oh, that that's nuts because you have so they, little health in this game. They don't force you to get it. It hangs out in the middle of the room until you jump at it and grab it. Like I've done the um like the Link to the Past and Link's Awakening three heart runs right where you refuse the boss power ups. I've done that before. That's doable. Cyber Shadow, no man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can do that. But I mean, it's, I, I, I do appreciate the fact that all those things are there. It has, it, the game had, the, the designer had the foresight to give speedrunners and challenge runners something to shoot for. Actually, I wonder what the speedrun is for this game. This, this is the, the fun side game where I can play. How bad do I feel at video games when we look up the speedrun record? Hold on. Uh, Mind Palace, here I come. Cyber Shadow speedruns. No death speedrun. Are you kidding me? Hour and 20, hour and 19. <laughs> no. Oh. That's nuts. You lied. No death Even though you run. have video evidence, you lied. Like, yeah. A wizard, <laughs> not a ninja. Cyber wizards. This is insane. An hour and 20. Because like, so I beat this game. I did not hundred percent it, but I beat it in I think eight and a half hours. I want to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I will say though, once you know a section, because you you do go back track a few sections if you want to collect some of the power ups. I did a little bit of that. Once you've been through an area, and once you have some of the upgrades, you do feel like a badass. It's one of those kind of games where oh, yeah. you just jump in, leap in, wall flipping. Like you you get in a groove, and the, the controls are just that tight. Where feels amazing, so I can see if you're familiar with the game. Sure, you've done it a few times. I can see them speeding run throwing it. That'd be wild. No death though. <laughs> That's I don't know, man. That final boss. I died so much in that final boss. I can't imagine a damageless run with this game. That would be ridiculous. Oh, uh, I don't know, man. When it when there's a game, there's a challenge. A bar is set. There's always somebody who goes that extra mile, right? I'm I'm sure. If it's not been done already, somebody will figure out how and manage it in under two hours because that's that's what gamers do. Well, actually, that's one of the Chivos, too. I think it's beat the game 
in three hours, and that unlocks hard mode. So there is, I think, one unlockable. It's, it's hard mode, if I read oh, that right. Oh, okay. But, I mean, to get that, like, I was willing to play it on a hard mode. I wouldn't mind trying it. But to get the game in three hours was too much. <laughs> and I, I know I was saying they lied. I, I believe that they did it. I'm, I'm just like, no, that's... <sighs> not willing to try. That sounds like hell. <laughs> yeah it's just that's a wild game but you, you're right though like you said before it's a it's a platformer before it is a like a it's not a brawler or an action like a fighting game i mean there's combat in it but it's mostly a puzzle uh, a platform game with it feels like jumping puzzles to me right because each sequence of screens once you figure out the trick to it you know how to jump the right away and and flash you know slide in the right direction it all kind of becomes clear to you. Especially once you've got the ability to reflect projectiles back at the enemies. Yeah. It's it's really all about timing, but you can do that stuff midair to where you just, a, a projectile is about to hit you, you stop moving and then move right at it as it's about to hit you, and it dissipates into something that you can strike back at your enemies so it won't hurt you anymore. It's it's completely possible, probably, to get through this game damageless with very little issue if you don't struggle with the mechanics and unfortunately to a degree that mechanic i do struggle so even with turning off the the double tap forward dash that was still a struggle for me yeah the timing on parries i had it toward the end because there, there's a few fights where i think you had to use it but there, there were so many opportunities where i still missed it and and you take the damage there's a few enemies of the larger enemies that uh, shoot projectiles and when you don't have parry, they're actually quite difficult to get past. The parry kind of unlocks the ability to fly through those sections now because you can parry projectiles. Yeah. Again, another example of how like very tightly designed this game is. But don't try to parry that giant laser we mentioned earlier. It won't work no, out. Can't parry that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a, a favorite part of the game, a favorite sequence or moment? No, but I will go back and say that the final boss fight for me was a lot of fun. I'm not going to spoil anything to it. It had its moments where it frustrated me, but overall I had a lot of fun figuring it out and managing to do it without dying. And the segment of the game where they break the gameplay loop to give you a different form of gameplay for uh, probably 15, 20 minutes, it was a nice reprieve and it was a lot of fun. Again, I don't want to spoil, but you're talking about the vehicle sequence? Yes. Okay. Because there's, there's kind of like two of those. One was good. One I found was stupid. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Okay, so yeah, it was broken into two segments. And one was more fun than the other, but the other was more ridiculous. Yeah. And so between the two, I, I just, I was having a blast. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair enough. And it's nice to have something like that in there to break up the, the gameplay a, a little bit. You're right. Even uh, the messenger pulled something like that, if I recall. They... They threw it like a shoot 'em up style boss at you to break up the gameplay some. Oh, that's true. Well, that was the DLC, though, wasn't it? No, that was the main game. To remember now. Oh, yeah, that's right. When you're riding the uh, the dragon. The dragon. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. So they change things up on you a bit. So it's it's nice to see that this is becoming a more common thing, while not making the stray from standard gameplay too hard. You know, it's it's not like hitting the end of Star Fox Adventures and all of a sudden you're playing Star Fox 
standard style, and none of the upgrades in the Zelda-like you've been playing all game matter. Yeah, that I saw somebody play through that recently, and that was that was ass. <laughs> I was so mad when that happened when I played through that game. I was I, I know that game gets a lot of hate. I enjoyed the game for what it was until the tail end when they turned it into something else, and the final boss made all your upgrades obsolete and immaterial. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, the build up, right? Building the character to becoming from you know the loser to a hero. And just, you know, facing that immortal foe at the end. This game does that. Like the final boss, I struggled with it quite a bit. I don't mind multi-phase bosses, but I felt this one <laughs> maybe had too many phases, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he did have a lot of phases. And every time I hit a, f- a new phase, I was like, no, please let this be the last one. <laughs> right, because like you've got a checkpoint. You got to start all over again. <laughs> like, and I do believe that was the checkpoint that put you back at the bottom of that big room. Yes, I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. So I got really good at scaling that room by the end. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nonsense. Um, for me, I think my favorite part of the game, the the dragon fight, right? So in the game, there's these floating umbrella things, and you smack them, and it turns into a raft. that you can. So it's a platform on water, basically. And there's that one fight where... You had to deploy a bunch of rafts to make platforms, and the dragon would come zipping around, break them, but you had a few seconds to swack at them, and then you had to go make more rafts while dodging dodging them. I I found that really fun. Uh, Very hectic and hard. I saw you die a lot on that one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I died a lot in the game overall. I, I think I almost hit 300 deaths, I think it was. Oh, wow. It was something ridiculous. I really had a hard time halfway through the game, man. Stage six was like... That one room we talked about in the, near the, the end of the game was tough for me and the boss was hard. But after I got through that hump of stage six, I got through the game fairly quickly. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you played this on a very different controller than I did. I played on my <laughs> my 8-bit Doe SN30 Pro Plus, which is a very comfortable controller for me. And you played it on a very different beast. And I got to say, that's not my kind of controller. Go ahead and okay, but it's take, not that, like it's take that away. <laughs> no, 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 no. So what it, what it is is I have a I hurt my hand right so I got a muscle injury on my on my left hand so it hurts to actually use a control pad a D pad right now uh-huh. and uh, so I was actually playing this game originally on keyboard and then I'm like this is awesome because like you're just using wayside and and then you're using a, a couple buttons to jump and it felt really good and there's actually a style of controller called uh, hitbox so instead of a, it's an arcade stick but instead of the stick you have three buttons on the left and that's left down right. And then you have a big button at the bottom for up. And then you have your six or eight action buttons on the right. And it was designed originally for fighting games like Street Fighter, where hitting up on a joystick is jump. So obviously for Cyber Shadow, up is, you know, something else entirely. But the idea of using three buttons with your fingers on your left hand, instead of having to use a D-pad or joystick, it works surprisingly well, and it's incredibly responsive. Um... When this style of joystick came out a few years ago, people got upset thinking it was accusing it of cheating because you could push left and right at the same time or down and up at the same time. Mm. But in the last year or so, I think, or maybe even longer than that, the circuit boards, uh, the one I'm using, it's a Brook uh, Universal Fighting Board, I think it's called. And there's a series of them. And they have what's called an SOCD cleaner in them. And it's an input cleaner. And it ensures when you push 
left and right at the same time, which you can't do on a D-pad or an arcade stick. When you push them at the same time, they cancel each other out. So that's how they get around the idea of basically cheating, right? So it's very important that the hitbox style, a proper one anyway, uh, it's one button, one input, and that's kind of the fair way of doing it. Oh, see, I, I wasn't even thinking what you were doing was cheating. I just was saying that you played on a very different control scheme than I did. <laughs> oh, it's and it's wildly, it's like it feels great. I still use it now, right? I'm playing Hollow Knight right now with it, and it feels great. Uh, I'm not using my thumbs, so I don't have the thumb pain right now. And I can wear my brace when I play, and it just feels amazing. The one I built, I put together, it's actually built into a cardboard box right now. I have pictures on my Twitter because I was just testing it to see if I'd like that style because I have a, an arcade stick I built before. But mm-hmm. I like it enough that I want to get a proper uh, setup with it, actually. So I might do that at some point. Like a proper... Um... What's the my case bottom. basically? Yeah. Yeah. I was a permanent fixture is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Cause the, the arcade <laughs> stick I bought last year was from um, junk food arcades and it's a solid arcade stick, like heavy duty plastic. I love it, but I find I'm not like, I've never been good at fighting games, <laughs> even with a proper joystick, but uh, playing with the hitbox style is really great. So I, I'm debating another junk food arcades one, but the shipping to Canada is expensive. There's another one that's an all aluminum enclosure. I might grab that because I already have the buttons. I have the circuit board. So all I really need, the good thing about arcade sticks at home is you can do it yourself to a degree, right? So yeah, it's not that expensive to get into. So I, I might do that. I should I should do a video of it. <laughs> that's what I should be doing. Should be making that content. Yeah, right? Just figure out how to do a, what, a Raspberry Pi arcade stick or something. Well, that's my thing. I, I put the Mister in my my junk food arcades arcade stick, and that's I love it. It's the ultimate case for the Mister because you can spill a drink in that thing and it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> and like I say, this is somebody who recently spilled coffee on his keyboard. You never spill much unless it's at your desk, and then you spill the whole damn thing all over all your electronics, and that's the end of it. It was yeah. <laughs> when I did the coffee on the keyboard, like I, <laughs> I thought I dried it most of most of it up, and then I turned my keyboard upside down. And I swear half a cup fell out of that damn thing. Oh no. It was so dead. I've I had I've had that keyboard I think for five years. It's a Black Widow Razor keyboard. And I liked it a lot. And I put it through a lot of abuse, but I, I guess a, a cup of coffee is just too much. <laughs> That's okay. It's an excuse to get another shiny keyboard. Well, is there anything you wanted to address about Cyber Shadow before we wrap this up? Oh, we should touch on the music. I guess. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess the fact that I completely forgot to talk about it kind of <laughs> reflects the music. And that's not to say, I don't want to say the music is bad because it's yeah, not, it's, it's not. good music. However, th- none of the music from this game ever got stuck in my head. It was all fun and jumpy and fit the tone for where you're at in the game and enjoyable, but none of it was an earworm for me. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up for me as well. Like, it, it definitely fits the game. It's not out of place. Cybernetic soundtrack. The boss music was good. But yeah, when I when I think to my head, if I picture myself dying 300 times in Cyber Shadow, the music I hear is probably the messenger, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> like I, The messenger music is something that sticks with me, but Cyber Shadow doesn't have that, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to say it's, a discredit for the game because it's not the music is good it's just 
it's not something that's gonna be stuck in your head whether that's a credit for you or not the music will probably not be stuck in your head and so you won't be humming cyber shadow you know laying in bed trying to fall asleep you won't be humming it first thing in the morning while you're going to make yourself a cup of coffee it's it's just it it doesn't happen with this music at least it didn't for me and i take it it didn't for you either no and And, and you know what that that's fine too like shovel knight i love the shovel knight games music of those games i outside of the opening fanfare does not stick with me either i couldn't i couldn't recognize a track right now if i played it yeah i probably couldn't either again i don't want to say it's a discredit to the game or anything like that or the music it's just surprising that the music was enjoyable but didn't get stuck in my head yeah it was it was weird to me but i mean overall solid game especially as part of game pass it's a must play like anybody who's not played it but i mean even without that it's it's worth the 20 bucks to go through between eight to ten hours i think is what i would consider the average fun play tight controls platforming is good i i enjoy the game more than i thought i would yeah i think i was done with the game in just under eight hours i want to say i was at like seven and a half or something like that okay and then to invoke gmail here how long did you say he played for so he did he did the entire day stream i think he did 11 hours or something like that it was all day man but he did everything though yeah he went and found all the secrets and all of it yeah i'm pretty sure he did because i know he did that with the messenger as well so he definitely had a long stream yeah, I, I did go back and find all the goodies and power-ups before I headed off to the final level, like I said. But, I mean, like I as I said before, this is also my style of game. I very much like the platforming-heavy 2D platformers and finding secrets. And I don't want to say that the secrets were not well hidden, but I've played other games like this where the secrets were better hidden than this one. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, a lot of them are just are hidden behind color-coded walls, so it's kind of easy to spot. And uh, But it's not a Metroidvania, right? It's not that kind of no. game. It's neat that they're there, but totally optional. It's very light on the Metroidvania, and from what I understand, this can probably be likened more to the Strider game that came out in, what, 2015, I want to say? Uh, I know the game, but I did not play it. I didn't either, but I do know that that game has power-ups and you can go back and visit previous levels to find new secrets. Okay. And that's kind of where this was. There wasn't much of crossover from level to level. It was a very linear map design where I want to say there are two points you cross over a previous level, but it's more like set dressing than anything as you cross it. And it's quick, right? You're flying yeah. through that one section. So it's it's not that it's, it's a Metroidvania, because it's not. It's just there's very light, very light Metroidvania elements. Right. And even the Messenger had light Metroidvania elements, and this is even lighter. So. Yeah think that'll give you an idea of where this one sits <laughs> yeah well, i mean honestly it's enough where the next game this person makes i'm interested i'm glad to see what they're doing next oh yeah for sure i'm definitely interested in seeing i just hope the story is a little a little more thought out than not not thought out but a little bit more um laid out before the player than this one was <laughs> like if you're going to melt the player's face in the opening sequence just maybe have some dialogue on why that is, <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. So anyway, I, I think we've covered everything there is to cover about this, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think we maintained a relatively spoiler-free episode. So hooray. Well, there you go. <laughs> we can thank the tangents for that. Keep us on track. True. All right. Where can folks find you? Uh, I can be found on Twitch and Twitter. W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. Search Google. Tell it you meant it. You'll find me. <laughs> and where can folks find you? And I'm Sick Jake. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter. Well, sometimes Twitch. Mostly on Twitter. I am Sick Jake. You're welcome. Hey, you were streaming so regularly for a while. What happened? Yeah, three times in one week and it fell off. You know what You know what happened? Valheim happened. <laughs> 40 hours uh, of Viking goodness. That's what happened. Why don't you just stream that? Yeah, but I'm on I'm on a, a, a server and on Discord talking with people. I am getting back into it. I want to record footage for the podcast YouTube. I want to get our episodes back up there. And I figure I have a hit list of games to play for each episode. It's kind of motivation to stream it at the same time. So I get to play <laughs> games I don't like. <laughs> like Donkey Kong Country and Super Castlevania. And I'm going to do it like... And now we play 45 minutes of Mega Man 1. You don't, what? You don't like Donkey Kong Country? It's okay. I don't like Donkey Kong Country either. Yeah, I think it's just me and you on that train, though. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are like, what? You're mad. I'm like, no, I'm just mad at the game. That's true. <laughs> All <right. laughs> anyway. All right, folks. Thank you for checking in with us. Um, be sure to check out our Patreon where we talk over movies. Uh, we're releasing about one a month. So far, we've got Masters of the Universe with Jake and Paul. A cinema classic starring Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> yes. And The Thing from, I want to say 1980, gosh, was it 82 or 87? Now I can't remember. 87? That's a John Carpenter one, I think. Yeah, I think it was 87. So yeah. The Thing from 1987 with me and Paul. And we just talk about the movie and go on tangents and make fun of certain things and be awe-stricken by others. <laughs> if that sounds interesting to you and you'd like to support us, yes, please go check out our Patreon. Yeah, all the funds go to help support the show, pay for the hosting, all that good stuff. Yep, yep. And uh, if for some reason you're not part of the Discord, please feel free to jump in and uh, join the discussion. I think we have a link for that somewhere. Maybe Paul can add that in post because I don't know it offhand. Or you just saw... go to our Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or our website, pressbetocancel.com. Yeah, we have links on other on our other links. <laughs> and actually, as we speak, <laughs> on the Instagram, Polish has been going crazy, posting all the retro stuff that everybody owns. Don't tell me he's already burning through a bunch of my photos. He's probably done as we speak. <laughs> like, uh, No, those were meant to last, Polish. Oh, well. Good night, everybody. Cybernese. Special thanks for music go to Arthur the Last Ancient on Spotify or The Last Ancient on Bandcamp. For more episodes, please visit our website at pressb2cancel.com. And also, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, and check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon. As always, thank you. This has been Press B to Cancel. Thank you.